This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. How you guys doing? Too early in the morning. Way too early. That's <laughs> that's our Roger. Uh, exciting weekend coming up for me as I'm getting ready to start football on Monday. Nick is going to have his first practice with the uh, Niagara Falls Junior Diamondbacks, I'm, as I mentioned. I'm going to help out coaching, and it figures Nick goes and cuts his toe uh, the other day. <laughs> like, oh, great timing! You couldn't have picked a better week to cut your toe. <laughs> oh well, as long as you didn't cut the toe off, don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll fine. Put a little mud on it. Get out there, kid. What do you got going, Raj? Well, I just want to uh, for all you uh, girls basketball junkies that are looking for a fix, high school girls uh, basketball next Saturday at uh, N Trip. Nate Butel will be running a tournament. First game at 8 o'clock in the morning. Are you kidding, Nate? You thought this was early. Yeah, really. All right, there'll be three pools. Pool A will have uh, Albion, Will North, Kenmore West, and Franklinville. Uh, Pool B will have Roy Hart, Lindenville, Greece Arcadia, Niagara Falls. Pool C will have Sacred Heart, Oakfield, Alabama, Ken East, Wilson, Clarence, and Newfane. Uh, round robin pool play. Uh, top teams from each division and two from Pool C will go to the semifinals. It will run from, like I say, 8 a.m. and the uh, championship game will be circa 4 p.m. depending on how all the games go. If they go on time and there is an overtime and every other thing, but again, next Saturday, a week from today, at N Trip, our buddy Nate Butel will be running the tournament. Uh, good chance to get an early look at uh, uh, 2016, 2017, some of the girls' basketball teams. Pretty now, cool. I think that's the first of two sessions, right? I no, think that's the doing... second of two sessions. Oh. They had a session, I believe, uh, today's the 23rd. I want to say July 9th. Okay. It was either the 9th or the 16th. There were only four teams. This is the one where... Uh, Nate is really uh, pleased about with the turnout. It should be a real good day for uh, girls' high school basketball. By the way, happy birthday to our friend Joe Marguccio. Yeah. Joe's a contributor to the program. We're looking forward to touching base with him probably in a week or so. Uh, Don't forget, this Wednesday will be the Ad Pro Kensington Lions All-Star Game, 7 o'clock at Tonawanda High School. Go check that out. If you have visited our Facebook page, you'll see that we posted a message from Ken Stolt. Kenmore East Field, which is going under reconstruction right now, will not be ready to start the season. So they're going to play, depending on how long it takes, their first few home games is going to be at Tonawanda High School. So uh, check that out uh, if you're a Kenmore East fan. Uh, you're looking for the game. So their four, their four home games are going to be at two top-notch facilities. When you people go to that game this Wednesday, wait till you see that facility oh, at Tonawanda. If you haven't been there, you are going to be really impressed. And I like the way they set that up. Uh, their uh, week six is a home game for Ken Maurice. They can get the wrinkles out. 
and I guess you could almost call it grand opening week seven. They just happened to be playing Kenmore West in week seven. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. What a coincidence that turned out to be. I know. It's amazing how that how that uh how that pans out. I, I wanted to bring on a uh, friend of the program, Frank Wolf. If uh, you guys follow him on Twitter or on Facebook, he has something, an interesting event coming up. Good morning, Frank. Morning, fellas. How's everybody doing on this fine Saturday? Uh, we're doing great. I love this idea that you've come up with, and uh, why don't you fill our audiences as to what you got going? Okay. Uh, Tony, as you guys know, uh, my website from the 300 level is partnered up with uh, the Town of Tonawanda Baseball uh, Program, uh, Youth Park and Recreation Department, to put on a home run derby. Sorry. The home run derby. It's open to all. Um, it's only going to be hardball, but we're encouraging uh, the girls to come out as well. We've got several divisions set up. Uh, the date is Saturday, August 13th, and it's going to start uh, around 10.30, and it'll go all the way through 10, 11 o'clock at night. We've got divisions for 10U, 12U, 14U, 16U. Then we've got a special high school showdown division. We're looking for the high school baseball players, the varsities, the JVs. We're looking for these guys to represent their schools, to come out and take a few swings, to see who can hit that fence at Sheridan. And then we have the open men's division. And you're going to have guys coming out, uh, former uh, all-Western New York players that play Muni, um, the single A, the, the Seba League, the Wooden Bat Leagues. All these guys are going to come out to take a few swings at that fence to win up to 250 bucks cash prize. We've got trophies and other prizes for the other divisions. Um, and like I said, it's we've got both diamonds at Sheridan. Okay, Sheridan won. You got a 315 left field fence. You got a 320 right, 345 out the dead center. And uh, I coach 15U ball. And I've had some kids hit that fence center, dead center, in playoff games. So it can be done. Wow. <laughs> 15 year old kids can hit that. But the 14U will be on Sheridan number two, where the town has graciously helped us out. They're going to put up a makeshift fence there. It's going to be about 215 feet out there. So it's definitely hittable. The 10U kids, it's going to be at 180. So it's going to be a nice event, and we're raising money for uh, some of the baseball teams in the town league so we can pay for jerseys. You know, they're getting up there in prices. Equipment's never cheap. You know, a dozen baseballs is almost $34 now. Right. You know, so we're looking to, to save uh, to uh, save some of the costs on the parents for uh, – for some of those things, and uh, you know, our website sponsoring along with uh, M Entertainment, they're going to come out and do a uh, live DJ from the start. They're going to they're going to come out and play music. They're going to introduce, you know, the kids' names. They're going to introduce uh, where they came from, the nice. leagues they play, and the teams they play on that sort of thing. So that's going to be a lot of fun for them. And uh, you know, it's going to be a great event. It's going to be all day long. And again, it's Saturday, August thirteenth. Um, you know, registration is now open. You can go online. You can either go to our website, uh, from the 300 levelcom or you can go to Eventbrite and just search 300-level home run derby. And for 10 bucks, um, you can get 20. You get up to 20 swings, and you see how many home runs you can hit. And the winners are going to win prizes, trophies. And like I said, that open men's round is going to be pretty pretty interesting because we've got some. Some guys signing up from Southern Ontario. We got a guy coming in from Cleveland. 
Um, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. And, you know, um, that uh, that Muni uh, division, you got the Battistone diesel team, Leaves. a lot of these guys are heavy hitters, and they're coming out and cool. uh, bringing out their buddies. So now it's going to be a good event, Tony. I really appreciate you giving us the time to, to talk about it. Um, if you want information on it, you can call me. Uh, you can call the number 716-207-5947, or just visit the website from the300level.com. The uh, online registration is open. We're encouraging as many kids to come out uh, from Lou Gehrig, uh, McCarthy Madison. We've got some guys from Niagara Falls coming down, Tony. Nice. Probably from Cayuga Little League. Yep, yep. Uh, Niagara Falls, uh, Grand Island, Evans, uh, Youth Baseball. we got a couple of teams coming up from there. So spots are filling up. We're trying to keep it to 25 to 30 uh, per uh, division. But, you know, we're not going to turn anybody away. You can, of course, you can walk up on the day of, but to give us a nice heads up uh, start as to how many kids we're going to have. We like to get them pre-registered right. uh, as soon as possible. Now, Frank, are, are you going to use aluminum or wood bats? Bring whatever you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, those that open men's division, that's going to be wooden bat. All right. The open men's will be wooden bat. But the high schoolers, bring your aluminum down. Um, you know, I've, I've got enough baseballs. I've got the L screens out there. You can bring your own pitchers if you want. Um, but uh, I got a bunch of my kids coming out for my 15U team that'll be throwing around for the little guys. Uh, parents, you want to throw your sons? Have at it. But it's going to be a good event. We'll have a few food trucks out there. Ooh. Um, and again, with the live DJ, it's going to be a pretty interesting atmosphere. I like the food truck part of it. <laughs> uh, Frank, Roger has a question for you. Right. Yeah, are uh, ex-professional baseball players that are no longer playing uh, professional uh, eligible to enter in the Open? Why, do you know any? Oh, I'm... <laughs> Uh, Kyle Hoppy immediately comes to Oh, mind. yeah. I mean, Danny Dallas, I don't think, would come home for that. Uh, he might be a little bit busy. Uh, Can we get Jamie Heim to come in? <laughs> but, but no, but uh, the guy that I had in mind when he said open was Kyle Hoppy. Okay. Absolutely. It's it's open to everybody. We're not going to turn anybody away to that open men's division. I've talked to Dan Dallas a couple of times. He's a huge supporter of this. Um, you know, he would love to take part in it, but he's on the bigger and better things right now. He's got a lot more on his plate. Yeah, I would think so. Same with Jonah Heim. He's still catching in the uh, Orioles system. But, hey, if he came out there, he'd be able to knock it out of both sides of the plate. <laughs> right? He may have to twist hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Frank, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Hopefully uh, you get a lot of uh, kids out there, and I'm hoping uh, to be able to make it myself. Thanks, brother. Oh, we got that local celebrity uh Round two, Tony. So a couple of the guys uh, have already registered to come up. Uh, we're close to having, uh, I can't really name them just yet because they're not in the fold, but trust me, we've got a couple of big guys. And, Tony, you might be right in the middle of that. So well, I have to wait and see what our football, we start football on Monday, and once I know our practice schedule, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll let you know. But I think I could get the ball to the pitcher's mound. I think I could get that from <laughs> Well, no, I was just going to ask, and us uh, celebrities, if you will, uh, can we use that uh, diamond where they're moving the fences in for the under 14-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, Frank, have a great weekend, buddy. You too, pal. All right, take care. Frank Wolf, the 300 level. All right, we're talking of uh, sports performance this morning, training, and we brought in – 
I don't think I could find a person more knowledgeable than Ben Woods. I've been working with Ben. We're trying to figure out like six or seven years, all the way back to the Thurman Thomas training hour uh, through uh, inside high school sports, the numerous appearances they've made on this program, and always available to drop some knowledge on you guys. And this stuff is really important. You sit back there and you're, and you're listening. you got to soak this stuff in because Ben really has a lot of information. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Awesome. Any time we have you in studio, it's, it's fascinating. I, uh, I love talking about weightlifting. I love talking about training and what goes into it. You know, I can't, if I had a dollar for every time I brought up how important I think it is to train in the off season. And the whole thing is to get the information out there. Not only uh, that you should train, how you should train, what goes into it. So we're going to get all of that. And the big question is, why should you train? Definitely. Yeah, and just real quick touching on your earlier point, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room, but the key is that I surround myself with... Oh, spirit. believe me, you're the smartest yeah, guy in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ain't going to fool us, I surround myself with very smart people. We have a, a highly educated staff um, that challenges myself and each other every single day. Um, the mentors that, that I, I constantly uh, reach out to and the books that I constantly read, you know, that's where we get a lot of our training philosophies, our training systems developed from. So I always say when you're, you know, when you're talking to myself, you're not just talking to me, you're talking to the people around me that helped to build our system to, to where it's at right. uh, now for our athletes. Okay, so now the key question is why should you train? Uh, yeah, I, I always tell athletes from a very basic level, you know, you display your abilities out on the game field, but you build your abilities in the weight room and on the practice field. If you're not tapping into the weight room and also on the practice field, well, you're, there's only so many genetic freaks out there that are just going to be able to perform on game Like day. Roger. <laughs> like Roger. And even them, they're going to they're gonna break down pretty easily. 95% you know? freak, 5% genetic. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of like your car. If you only if you're only turning left in your car all day, some parts are going to be worn out, some are going to be touched. Oh, you're your running a NASCAR the then. You're, you're Dale Junior. If you're doing that. <laughs> Every sport places demands on the body, the body's systems. So you have to balance those systems out so you don't develop compensations. Those those will eventually compound. They'll eventually lead to in, injury, or they'll lead to now. What do you mean by compensations? Well, let's say you have a right-handed pitcher that's throwing overhand. You know, 90 to 100 pitches, you know, once or twice a week. Well, over the course of a season, they're going to develop a lot of imbalances from one side of the, to the other. So they're going to have a lot of asymmetries, a lot of muscular imbalances. Um, you know, they're producing force with more of the front part of that anterior side of the shoulder. They're decelerating that, that velocity, that arm action from the posterior side. So, you know, just from, a, again, a specific example like that, you know, it can kind of show you how over time using a certain set of muscles over and over and over again, it's going to lead to some imbalances. And I know the one, you know, speaking on a football uh, uh, aspect, and, and you've talked about this. Uh, Damaris Johnson has talked about, you know, and John Mariaka. We've done so much on this. Is your core, you know, is so important to build your core. Uh, you can't do anything without Definitely. it. Yeah, I, I always tell athletes, you know, a pyramid is only as high as it is wide. You know, so again. Uh, I, I hope every athlete out there wants to reach the highest point of their career um, in their sport, you know, whether they just stay at the high school level and, and dominate there, whether they pursue college athletics, which I think athletes at least should. Um, but no matter what level they're playing at, a pyramid is only as high as it is wide. And what I mean by that is you have to build your foundation. You have to build, like you mentioned, your core. Um, now, for us, your core is, you know, not just your abs. It's your, you know, your, your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your whole posterior chain, anterior chain, um, your obliques. So you have to train all of those weak points. You know, you look at sports like, you know, for instance, we have a lot of soccer athletes that come out to our facility. 
facility. And, you know, soccer athletes, they're, they're um, you know, acceleration dominant athletes. There are a lot of change of direction, multi-directional athletes. You know, they can become very quad dominant over time based on the shin angle and, and how they perform in the field. So, again, if you have a lot of dominance on the front side of the hip, that's going to expose a lot of knee injuries, a lot of hip injuries. And also being weak on the backside, you're going to limit your performance from a speed um, and a jumping aspect as well. Now for the, the uh, kid that's coming out, you know, you have, have come across as two types of uh, high school players, ones that want to excel. They're athletes. They want to, they have a drive to get to the next level. They want to play college or maybe their drive is to someday reach the pros. Then you have the athlete that's, you know, I'm hanging out here because Roger and Marquell are on their team. They're my buddies. And I just, I want that experience. Uh, why does that kid, that young athlete need to train you know, we know why the serious one needs to because they want to get to that next level. But the 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 casual athlete, right? No, again, no matter what level you really want to play, whether like you said, just the casual athlete versus the elite. I always say, you know, make that experience as enjoyable as possible. Part of enjoying that experience, obviously, you're going to have the social element, you know, of your buddies and your teammates around you. But playing at a high level on the field, if you can gain an edge and an advantage while you're out there, again, you know, if you have 11 strong athletes and 11 weak athletes on the field, the 11 weak athletes are going to get hurt. So for goodness sake, you know, coaches out there, get your athletes stronger. That's going to make them more mentally tough. It's going to make them less apt to getting injured. And it's also going to improve their performance. And again, you know, I think personally winning is fun. You know, obviously you can learn a lot through losses, but if you're just trying to enjoy that, that, you know, that casual experience, well, I think I'd rather enjoy it, you know, on a winning Well, team. you would think by the time you get to high school, uh, competition is important to you. You right. want to win. Why get involved if you're not? I mean, I could be looking at this all wrong. My mindset could be off here, but I'm thinking, you know, at that level, you want to win games. Definitely. It's, it's no fun. You know, my uh, sophomore, junior, senior year, we won two games. All right? That's not fun. At least I didn't enjoy uh, losing. So this leads to the second question is, are we putting too much emphasis on winning at this stage? I think, and again, Michael Yeses, Dr. Michael Yeses, he's written a lot of research and in, in, uh information on on youth athlete development and uh, one of the things he talks a lot about is you know when athletes are young i mean really the main focus should be on developing their skills developing the fundamentals yeah when you have an eight nine and ten year old it should be about learning the game correct uh you know i took the the i was certified recently and i had to go through uh the course and you know they're not interested in win at eight and nine years old winning is way down the list you know right. they want to have now, fun but by the time you get to high school it's a different mindset right. now i'm not against friendly competition you know at all i think i think there should be competition i think you know even youth athletes should learn how to win how to lose you know even at a young level i mean I, I can give an example one of my um one of my former college strength coaches buddy morris he's at the arizona cardinals now as the head guy he used to always tell me that you know back when we were young um, some of us younger than others, you know, I, he always called it the musical chair theory, you know, in our age, you know, we'd have 11 kids, 10 chairs, the music stops, everyone sits down, one kid doesn't get a chair, tough luck, go sit in the corner, you know, and, and you learn from it. Nowadays, there's 11 kids, 11 chairs, everyone gets a chair. And if you're not happy with it, we'll replace it and give you another chair. You know, so I think our, our society as a whole has gotten, I don't want to use the word soft. It is soft. Um, <laughs> but they have, I'll use it. So, so How about again, not as hard as it used to be? Yeah. So, I, I, again, I think competition is good. Um, again, not overused. I don't think you should put prioritize 
competition at the high point and went at a young age. I'm getting back to Dr. Michael Yeses. He always said, you never want a 12-year-old superstar. You want a 16, 17-year-old superstar as they're getting ready to head to college. So let your youth athletes play multiple sports. Let them develop their abilities. Let them be exposed to multiple skill sets. And that's the benefit when you play other sports. You know, if you only play one sport year-round, you're only getting exposed to one set of skills in that sport year-round. And you will limit your overall development long-term. I look at the the, uh, aspect of competition. It helps you with life. Let's face it, we're all competing. At, uh, you know, to be in my field, you have to compete. Well, how do I compete with ratings? If I don't do a good job, I'm not right. going to get ratings. If I don't get ratings, I'm not going to have commercials. We won't be on the air. Mm-hmm. So competition, I think, builds and sets you up for life. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we try, even with our athletes now in the off season. you know, as they're getting close to that competitive season, you know, we start incorporating more competitive drills into their training process um, just to prepare them not only physically but mentally for those those battles that they'll be, under, you know, undergoing here in a few weeks. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, more with Ben Woods. Uh, the next question is, is the uh, when you train, when you work out, injury prevention. And that's what we're going to touch on next. Keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri, Marquel Slaughter, Roger Weiss, and Ben Woods from STA Sports Performance. Of course, you remember Ben, uh, for you UB fans, Ben uh, played back in the day was Drew, with Drew Willie and, at that time, right? Drew Willie uh, had the pleasure of playing with James Starks and right. Roosevelt and you know, a, lot, a lot of awesome, awesome guys on, on, on the teams that I played with. So. It's nice seeing Roosevelt tearing it up right now in the CFL. big game last night. I think Did he? Eight receptions, 188 yards, and, and a touchdown. We so. always knew he could play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Former St. Joe's quarterback. and uh, You know what, though? Even, even though he's a phenomenal athlete on the field, I mean, he's – an even better character guy off the field. You know, I think I can't speak highly enough about, you know, how, how he is as a person. I've never had the, the opportunity field. to talk to him, oh, uh, but he seems like a great guy. Who's that, Naaman? Yeah. Well, uh, that might be a tribute to Chris Roosevelt, a Grover Cleveland uh, high school graduate, member of the Harvard yeah. Cup Hall of Fame. That is a class act. Right. Uh, Tony, real quick, speaking of those two guys, are we still going to do the show next week that you originally had planned for this week? Yes, and that is, we're going to recap. How's that for a tease? I love it. You're learning, Raj. I'm so proud of you. Hey, after 14 years, it starts to catch on. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're going to recap the uh, Ad Pro Kensington Lions All-Star Game, and one of the things we're going to throw in is best players that we've seen play over the years, so we kind of come out with our own All-Stars. Not so much as the ones that we've heard about, but the ones that we've actually watched play. So you're going to want to tune in for that. And then the week after that, we are tentatively going to have Rich Kozak on Frontier Soccer, and we're going to do a preview. Never at a loss for words, Rich Kozak. Looking forward to that. So uh, just a couple of programs that we have coming in, of course, uh, down the line. I think at the 15th starts high school practices, as I mentioned, Monday the fifteenth. It should be if it's true to form. So it will little be. league starts practices this month, at least for most little leagues. The Bills start the following weekend, and then uh, high schools on the fifteenth, and then uh, well, the twenty seventh. Then it'll be scrimmage day. Yeah, so we have a lot to uh, cover in that time. All right, before the break, we were talking about you know why you should train in the off season, and the next, and then we got into uh, injury prevention, and the four hundred pound gorilla in the room is concussions. Uh, what can training do to prevent concussions? Well, there's, you know, there's, again, there's a lot of research. Some 
contradicted of each other. I was actually just listening to a, a gentleman speak this morning on the way in, um, talking about concussions, and obviously with the you know the movie starring Will Smith, I think last year that came out, um, exposing some of the stuff behind it. Yeah, and, I, and you know, it, it, just a, a sidebar is like Bucky Gleason had a, a little piece in the paper during the week about numbers being way down in high school football and concussions. That's the big word that's scaring people off. At least we think that that's uh, the cause of this. So uh, we need right. to educate people about concussions. Right, right, right. And, and again, part of the weight. The benefits of the weight room is you do help put body armor on your on yourself. Now, again, you, know, you could talk about strength in the neck, the traps, um, you know, all the way down the whole chain. I think in addition to the physical preparation an athlete must, t- must undertake, I think the coaches need to, again, a lot of them do a great job already, but I think they need to continue – um, use education to teach these athletes how to properly tackle as well. Well, that's what they're doing. Um, I mean, the, the, the course I took from heads up football, and that is keeping just that, keeping your heads up, peeling that shoulder back so that you're up and you're not putting your head down to expose the top part. So they're really getting into the safety aspect. Not to mention limiting the hitting that goes on during the week. I think I read something during the week that when you limit the hitting during the week, you're reducing the chances by like 43%. Right. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. And so what happens is the brain inside the skull kind of sits in this fluid um, like substance very, from a very general basic level. And what happens is when you're when you make contact and you have that that impact from your head, the brain actually bumps up inside the skull. It's that brain slosh. Um, theory going on and that internally will create some of that that brain damage um, and again you do that over and over and over again over the course of a couple of years and yeah it's not it's not just the nfl i know the nfl is on kind of a spotlight with this no, it's any contact sport look well look, it's yeah it's cheerleading it's, i yep. mean come on it's and you got to look at the college level you got to look at the high school level you know a lot of these nfl players that are coming out to the nfl it's not just the nfl i mean these players have played football for 10 years you know before the nfl so i think just just ripping the nfl apart that they're not doing enough. Again, like you said, it's, it's not just football. It's all sports out there. I think we need to do a better job educating and physically preparing these athletes for, for the sport. You know, Kids will take one or two weeks before their season starts to all of a sudden go out and start going for a jog or getting in the gym. You're, that's not enough time. Athletes should train year-round. I always say 364 days a year. They get Christmas off. You, know, you should always be at least 90% or more of your overall uh, strength and, and power abilities you know, with that. So you need to constantly be in the weight room you know, training yourself, whether it's for preparing for the upcoming season, whether it's maintaining in season or recovering from the previous season, you should always be taking care of your body. And that's just not in the weight room. That's nutritionally putting the right fuel in your body and from a sleep perspective. You know, the number one sleep tool that we all have innately built into our bodies is free and it's called sleep. You know, not enough athletes take advantage of it. You know, they're on their cell phones late. You know, their schedules are crazy. They got a lot in their minds. They're waiting to the last minute to do their homework at one in the morning. Sleep is the most underrated but most beneficial recovery tool that we can possibly use. Olympic athletes, I mean, you talk to Olympic athletes, you know, their coaches make them get eight to 10 hours a night, plus they go home in between sessions and sleep for an hour at a time twice a day. That's it. I need to get in the Olympics so I can sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So it just shows you the value of taking care of your body. You know, it, it, it's all about recovery and, and regeneration of the tissue. It's about, you know, training your, your tissue properly. You, know, you have to take care of your, your body's a temple, you know, and you only get one of them. So you better take care of it, you know, if you want to have a long, long career. Yeah, and that doesn't mean living on a diet of uh, Big Macs. <laughs> that's, right. that, that's the next thing I actually want to talk well, Big about. Big Macs? <laughs> Not Big Mac specifically, but diet. Um, that's a big part. I, that's probably even bigger than the actual working out um, what you're eating. You want to tell us a little bit about 
what athletes want to eat, what type of food groups they should be eating, or is it different? Um, or is it different for depending on the sport? That's a great question. Um, and again, I, it's it's a little more specific than than how I'll explain it. But from a very general perspective, and again, I don't mean to sound cliche, but I look at, I like to look at it more from a lifestyle perspective versus just a diet. Diet to me just seems short term. But if you look at our country as a whole, how most Americans eat, most Americans wake up in the morning, they skip breakfast, they yep. eat a subpar lunch, and then they binge eat at night. So you know, you you look at that whole lifestyle over time. You know, your body early in the day is going to go into that starvation mode. It's going to start storing body fat as long-term energy. You're going to be, you know, going throughout your day. And then by the time you get at night, you're going to be craving whatever's available. So that's where a lot of times you get, you know, the junk foods, the the, the sugars, the, a lot of the, the crappier type nutritious options out there versus actually planning out your day properly. Your breakfast so, should be your biggest meal. Exactly. So I think every athlete out there needs to start with a good nutritious breakfast. Now, I'm not just talking, you know, about eating a cartoon character cereal, you know, because some kids eat that and they think they're, they're, they're doing enough justice. No, you're just taking sugar in. Right. So I, I think, again, protein you should be You say that foundation. like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wake up, have some eggs. If if, if you don't handle eggs well, um, tough. No, I'm just kidding. No, you can have some Greek yogurt. Um, you can some have fruits. some toast with peanut butter. Yep, add some fruits into the proteins. Well, you fats. should have proteins, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, the proteins, amino acids, that are building blocks of your body, of your muscles with that. So, you know, you see a lot of athletes that work really hard in the gym. They go to practice. They, they bust their, their butts out on the field. But then they're putting this, this crappy fuel in their body, and they're wondering why they're not attaining – their sport mastery. I, when I was playing college ball, I can give you a personal perspective. You know, when the guys that ate like crap, they typically felt like crap. They always were cramping. You know, the muscles are cramping up. They They're tired. Well, they retired throughout the day mentally, physically. The guys that ate so so, they they played so so. But the guys that really took advantage, again, not perfect. None of us are perfect. You know, if you have an athlete that's that's eating two Big Macs for lunch and going to Burger King for dinner, you know, getting them going on a pound of chicken breast and a you know, two cups of broccoli for lunch isn't quite uh, the best transition right away. You know, you do it in small habits over time, and that makes that compound effect happen. But what you'll find is, you know, the athletes that really take advantage of that. And like I always tell our athletes, you know, 80-20, you know, 80% of the foods coming in should be more nutrient-dense foods, cleaner foods. You know, a lot of lean proteins, you know, your chicken, your turkey, um, you know, a little bit of red meat here and there if you can handle your eggs, um, a lot of your complex carbs, your potatoes, your rice, your quinoa, um, your whole grains, you know, a lot of your fruits, your vegetables. I like more vegetables and fruits. Um, and a lot of your good fats. So your, your nuts, um, athletes want to pull their weight on you, more your butters, your peanut butters, things like that. Avocados. Love peanut butter. <laughs> Never get enough peanut butter. You know, and then then twenty percent, you get a little flexibility. You know, you gotta you gotta enjoy it every now and then. You know, especially in Buffalo, mm-hmm. you got a lot of good restaurants out there and, and food options. So well, I say at least have one have, cheat day. Yeah, you gotta have balance. You gotta have balance. Did so. you guys ever hear? This is four years ago, obviously, but uh, they were talking about Michael Phelps, what he used to have for breakfast. Oh, his enormous oh, something like two thousand calorie calories. calories. Right. Oh yeah. my god. The, Five of us could not finish what he has for breakfast. Yeah, the demand. But then he goes out and he trains and he burns it. It's the right yep. food. I I almost fell off the chair when I was listening to what he was eating for breakfast while he was in training for the Olympics. And that is one of the benefits. I mean, Michael Phelps is you know, one of the elite level um, examples. But you know, the leaner you get, the actually the more flexibility you will a- have in your diet. Now, for him, you know, swimming is an extremely taxing um, activity for the body. So. You know, you do need a lot of calories to, to supply the demand. Because you're going to burn a lot. Exactly. Exactly. So for him, I mean, it, it does seem astronomical. But, yeah, and that was only a short period of time. If he did that now, he'd probably be, you know, a couch potato. And, you know. <laughs> now, you had, you brought up, uh, you know, trying to fit your schedule, trying to, you know, you're, you're studying late or whatever have you. 
and you hear the I just don't have the time to work out. How long should a uh, gym session uh, take? Well, as far as your time goes, I tell every athlete, 168 hours in a week. I'm only asking for three to four of those. You know, one hour a day literally is 4% of the day. If you can't carve out an hour of your time per day, and I'm not asking every day, you know, three to four times a week, you know, th there's an issue going on with either how bad you want your, to attain your goals or, or your priorities. You have too much on your plate, you know, so you have to figure out prioritizing. Because I always wonder, it's that eight-hour mystery that I always tell athletes. You know, they, they sleep for eight hours, hopefully. They go to school for six to eight hours, you know, with practice and everything. And then there's that eight-hour chunk between school and when they go to bed. It's like, what are you doing with that eight-hour period? You know, everyone has the same amount of time, 24-7 in a day. Why are some athletes taking advantage of it and excelling? Why are some athletes not? And there's, you know, I, I think our world in general wants to – kind of grab us by the coattails and hold us back. But I, I never want our athletes to be another statistic. I want them to be a success story and to set the standard. You know, and sometimes you do have to set the standard. You might not have a lot of athletes that you're around that want to work hard and want to be the best. But again, you have to set the standard and know that, you know, there's a bigger purpose to what you're doing. And don't compare yourself just locally. Compare yourself regional. Compare, compare yourself statewide and nationally. My dad's a very successful throwing coach down in Pennsylvania, and he's had about 14 kids get Division I scholarships from one high school just in the last 10 years, and they have nationally ranked kids. When he looks, when he shows them their competition, he doesn't just show them the kids that are 10 minutes down the road. He, they look statewide, and then they look nationally. And that's what I always tell athletes, don't get complacent. It's easy when you're at the, you know, the cream of the crop. You know, for me, I never want, like I said before, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. You know, I don't want to have a bunch of mini-me's running around. I'd kill myself. So like for, for, for athletes out there, you know, whether you do have a great team you're on that everyone works hard, everyone pushes it and you guys have a winning culture or you don't start it. All right. Set the standard. One thing you can't control is your attitude. Nobody can take that away from you. You can't always control everything that happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And that's the big thing. It starts with prioritizing and setting strong goals that are attainable and, and attacking those goals. You know, you know even outside of sports and the benefit that, that uh, lifting weights and, and running and that does for you, it builds confidence in you. you. You feel better about yourself. Uh, you know, I can remember the difference between myself when I before I weightlift and after I, my days of done weightlifting. Uh, it's so big for your mind. Yes, I, I I like to tell our athletes that one of the biggest transferable traits from the weight room to the field is confidence, you know, mental toughness. You know, back when I played, you know, we didn't have all these luxury pre-workout drinks and this and that. I mean, you know, they were around here and there. What we had was the desire. You know, we didn't need to rely on all these external stimuli. You know, yeah, it's good to have your, your music playing, but, I, you know, we don't let our athletes touch the music. If, if um, There's certain standards we have in our gym. Um, we got this from a, a few um, other strength coaches. To touch the radio in our gym, again, you either have to bench 315, squat 405, or play on ESPN. If not, don't touch the stereo. <laughs> <laughs> because too many athletes nowadays are worrying about what song's playing on the radio, you know, who they're trying to impress in the gym. It's like when you go to the gym, you need to go there with the right mindset and, and the right goal in, in hand to train for, for those specific reasons. Well, for it, some people, they just want to be able to hit, uh, you know, check in on Facebook. I'm right. at the gym. Right. Not really. <laughs> yeah, you're there. You know, you got the fancy clothes on and yeah, you've got it, the Is the, that the GYM or JIM? Uh, <laughs> you know, and you're not really doing anything. Right. So don't just show up. Right, exactly. And then touch it on the injury aspect real quick. You know, the whole goal when you go into a weight room, you want to yield the highest results at the lowest cost of the body. You know, and so much of our sport nowadays is very compressive on the body. It's compressive on the spine, the hips, the knees, the ankles. So a lot of your training, you want to make it decompressive. You know, I see athletes that go in the gym 
and and they just played a, either in a game over the weekend, and they're just beating your, your their body down. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, be smart about your training. You know, there's there's three ways, the two ways to train, the right way and the wrong way in my eyes. But you can train minimally, minimally's for the sissies. You know, maximally, maximally is like a, a boxer throwing 200 punches in the first round. They're not going to make it in the second or third. You want to train optimally. You know, I'd rather undertrain than overtrain an athlete any day, especially in season. But you want to train optimally. You want to get the most bang for your buck. So if you ever looked at, at the research on injuries in the weight room versus on the field, the injuries occur on the field. 99% or more of them occur on the field. So you should take advantage of, of the time in the weight room to not only you know, gain the benefits from a performance standpoint, but also to help bulletproof your body so you can stand up and withstand some of the forces that are placed on you. All right, let's take a break. We'll have more with Ben Woods. Uh, next segment, we're going to talk about in-season maintenance. You spent the whole off-season. You've been working out, building those muscles up. You've gotten faster by running, and now the season starts. What do you do? Obviously, you can't spend as much time uh, training like you used to because you have practice and games. So we're going to talk to Ben about maintenance. So we'll have all that and more on the other side of the break. Oh, oh. Uh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> One last segment of Inside High School Sports. We got Matt Collar coming up next, guys. He's warming up in the bullpen. He's getting ready to go. That slider's looking really good. We got to watch out for Matt Collar. He's coming up Why next. Why do you always bring up food? I said slider. <laughs> My sliders. Oh, I, I thought, you know, usually when you say slider, you're thinking about those little mini sandwiches. Look what I do with a mini sandwich. What's that going to do for me? All right. I, I said, okay, sandwich. I just ate a one pound haystack the Plural. other day. A slider. Get out of here. What am I going to do with Always that? Ben, Tease. he does this all the time, bringing up food. He does it all the time. All right, let's get back to talking training with Ben Woods. I mentioned before the break, you know, you've gone through, you've lifted the weights, you've done the running. Now the season starts, and now time is a little bit more restricted. You have games to prepare for. You have practices during the week. How do you? Uh, what's involved with maintaining what you accomplished during the off season? Yes, yeah, so and that, that's bearing that athletes did something in the off season to maintain. I always say, you know, you have to have something to maintain before you can maintain it. Um, you know, and that's, that's extremely important. But once you get into the season, if you think about it, you know, the most important time of the year is your sporting season. Everything that got you stronger and faster and more explosive you did in the off season. Well, you don't want to stop that during the most important time of the year, which is the season itself. So finding ways to balance it out and maintain it during the year is crucial. You know, typically for a lot of our athletes that come in, again, they're pressed for time. You know, so I think part of it has to do with, with the coaches understanding the importance of physical preparation. Because a lot of times, and you'll see in this culture too in the U.S., you know, a lot of our athletes nowadays, they're overconditioned and they're undertrained. You know, at practice, they're going two, two and a half hours or more. You know, they're just being run directly into the ground. Their legs are shot. And, and they're not getting any time in the weight room. So the muscles are, are deconditioning, they're, they're, their muscles are weakening, um, they're losing force production. And you look at a lot of the injuries and a lot of the muscle strains and pulls, they're occurring midway towards the end of the season as the body weakens. With that, you know, the athletes play psychologically at a high level during the year. They try to maintain that throughout the, towards the end of the year. But physically and physiologically, the body isn't responding the same way as their mind is. So the, body's, the mind is trying to push the body in ways that the body's not prepared to go. So that's why that in-season maintenance is so important. Now, again, there's a fine balance between it. You know, I, I think any coach can, you know, get an athlete tired and get them thrown up. It takes a true professional to make them better. So when you look at, at the program design, you know, it, it, let's say you're going like a two-day split. You know, you just had a game on Friday night um, or Friday or Saturday. Typically, the, game, the day 
after the game, whether you come in on Sunday or Monday and you work out, I like to use that as a recovery day, regenerative day from the previous game. It's like you're, you're kind of recovering the body from the physical trauma and demands that was placed on the body from that last game. And then the second day, whether you go back on Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday might be a little too close because you got to look at recovery time. You know, that now is preparing the body physically for the next game up and coming. You know, so again, really what you want to do, we talked about, you know, how, how stress in, in sport is very compressive on the body. So a lot of the training you want to do is decompressive. You know, there's times where we don't, we don't even put a barbell on an athlete in season. You know, we do a lot of reverse hypers, back extensions, glute ham raises, Russian leg curls, um, you know, just trying to get blood flow in the muscles. We do a lot of sled drags um, that won't make an athlete sore. Um, we get a lot of blood flow into the area. You know, you're just trying to maintain the, the integrity of the muscle the strength of the muscle throughout that whole whole in-season period. Quick question, Ben. The way uh, you were just describing now, it sounds like you're doing it from a football mindset. How does this work with some of the other sports where you have two and three games during the week? Right. Yeah, and again, there's there's every sport has its specific demands. You know, baseball players, 90% of their sport is acceleration dominant. You know, they're rotational athletes. Now you got to take that into play. You know, if you have a right-handed pitcher, right-handed quarterback, um, you know, right-handed tennis player, a lot of those sports correlate. You know, they're typically going to be counterclockwise dominant from a strength perspective. So balancing that out, making sure you're taking that into account. Um, you know, again, just really from my my point of view, you know, they're, they're throwing a baseball or or spiking a volleyball. You know, that essentially is rotator cuff training. You know, they're activating that muscle. They're putting high velocity loads on it. You know, like in our in our training system, you know, there's really three methods to improving performance. You have their max effort method, which is pushing a maximal loaded weight up to a one to three rep max to build maximum strength and absolute strength. You have your submaximal, your dynamic method, which you use a lighter weight to develop maximum speed. It's like the first gear in your car allows you to accelerate fast. And you have your repetition method. That's more for conditioning, more for hypertrophy, and that's using a lighter weight for maximum reps. In season, athletes are giving us a max effort attempt on the field, whether they're sprinting, you don't sprint, you know, half effort, you sprint max effort, you know, you jump at max effort. So we don't do max effort work in the gym when they're in season, because they're getting a lot of their max effort work on the field. So you have to back off. So that's the intensity. We, we cut the intensity down. The volume we cut down as well a little bit. Um, you still want the volume to be fairly high. Um, but again, you have to look at how, how, how many games they played on the weekend. You know, volleyball, they may play two or three games in a tournament. Same thing with baseball. They might go away for a tournament. They might play three, four games in a week. So you have to just be smart how you program. And then, again, I always like to look at it from an athlete's perspective first and then make it sport-specific. I think, you know, from a young athlete level, you know, if we're talking, you know, junior high or modified junior high, high school, you know, keeping it very basic – you know, if, if you can't explain what you're doing to a waitress on a napkin, it's too complex. So keeping it very simple, um, I think doing less is sometimes more. A lot of coaches get in the mindset of you know doing as much as possible versus addition by subtraction ver- versus words. as much as necessary. So I think you know if you're unsure, do a little less than than what you think. Um, but again, a lot of our focus is on auxiliary and accessory movements. And just looking at the sport, the demands of the sport, and what they're doing, and how to balance that out in the weight room to allow them to do what they do at a higher level and keep them healthy. Ben, you're absolutely amazing. It's, I love having you on because the amount of I, – I, I'm sitting here, and I'm like – Totally fixed on what he's saying. Catching up. What did he say to us before the show? How nervous he was. See, I don't know if uh, you know. Uh, blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> I told. Want, I said we, we could do. I don't want to hear it anymore, Ben. <laughs> we could do hours. Fine. We could do hours. On I was this. just because Tony it, challenged me to a bench press competition after. That's why I was shaking. Only if we could have done it twenty years ago, <laughs> when I was actually able to do it. But Ben, thank you so much. I mean, you're a wealth of information, and uh, you know, check you out at STA Sports Performance in uh, Elma, right? Correct. Yep. And, We're inside of Salem Sports Park in Elma, New York. Yeah. So That's get awesome. out there. First of all, check out the sports complex because it's amazing. But uh, get in touch with Ben. You want to? You could help teams out. You could help individuals out. And it's just you're doing yourself a favor by doing this. And I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. The pleasure is all mine. All right, thank guys. You. We'll talk to you next week uh, and have a great weekend. You know, off the top of his head, it's not like he's reading from a script. I don't see one. If he has it, it's the smallest cheat. Yeah, teleprompter, though. <laughs> uh, smallest cheat sheet I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, Matt Collar's coming up next. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.